Hello and welcome to Daybreak, the show where fun ideas and occupations come to life. It's your hosts, Bryn Campbell and Pippa Schroeder. This month, we will hear a quote from Robert Swan, interview outdoor ed teacher and all-around outdoor woman, Wesley Zimmerman. And then, after the break, we will learn about the spookiest and scariest national park sites the United States has to offer. So stay tuned, this is a special episode. Enjoy listening! Hey everyone, welcome back to Daybreak. It is now time for our monthly quote. This month's quote is about the environment and is one of my favorite quotes that really inspires me. It has a very powerful meaning. So while you're listening, figure out what it means to you and how you can use this quote to inspire you in your daily life. This week's quote is, the greatest threat to our environment is the belief that someone else will save it by Robert Swan. What does that mean to you? It may be a little confusing at first, but think about it. Maybe share your meaning with someone or write it down. You could even make a drawing of your thoughts about the quote. Now, I have a special challenge for all our listeners. Find your favorite quote. It could be the one used in this episode or past episodes or something totally different. You could even come up with your own quote. Then, if you're ever feeling bummed or uninspired, use the quote to get yourself moving. Quotes can be really powerful. This week's quote was about the environment. And speaking of the environment, it's about time for this month's interview. This month, we have a very special guest, and I'm so excited for you to hear. She shared a ton of fun information with us. Our guest this month is Wesley Zimmerman. She is a teacher that specializes in the outdoors and is a super awesome person. I am very grateful she got to sit down with us. So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Wesley, take it away. Hi, Wesley. Hi, Pippa. How are you? Good, thanks. Hi, Bryn. Um, so our first question, I'm not sure if all of our viewers really know, what is your job? What do you do? It's a funny time to answer this question because I was hired just this year. Um, I'm a teacher at Midvale and I was hired to teach in the REACH position and I do wild science. Um, it was a way to bring mindfulness and outdoor learning together. Um, and during virtual learning, uh, I've been working a lot with the kindergartners supporting their classes. Um, and I do a, a little bit of wild science as well at Midville. And then I also once a week lead a group of awesome middle schoolers with this group called OWL. And um, for a couple hours on Wednesday afternoons, we uh, engage in outdoor learning. And that can be play and other skills and knowledge and sensory awareness, things like that. Mostly play. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was there anyone or anything that inspired you? Yeah. Um, well, I grew up on, my backyard was a ravine, which we're sitting outside in the Glen right now, and it sort of looked like this. And um, I lived with my mom, and she worked. And so after school, I would come home 
they called us latchkey kids back then. <laughs> and I had a key and I would go into my house and I was mostly home alone and I would go play in the ravine. And um, I feel like I spent a lot of time outside after school those years. And that must have led to something, right? Yeah. Um, I also mm -hmm. went to a camp, an overnight camp growing up. And then as an adult, um, I've done some work with this amazing group called Wild Harvest Nature Connection. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've taught me a lot. Awesome. Yeah. I've also heard that you were um, a teacher of some younger kids um, in the elementary schools and also you were um, a health and wellness teacher <laughs> as you like to put um, a physical education teacher. So what was that like, and how did you um, also get to lead to those jobs of your many professions you've had? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I used to work at Wingra School, a lovely school on the near west side, and um, for some time I taught ages 7 to 9, and we had an outdoor day where uh, me and my colleagues um, took all the students outside, and we often came here where we're sitting right now or other places um, and we would do a mix of educating outside so we would take our learning that we would do inside and just bring it outside but then we would also do so I called it like learning outdoors but we would also do outdoor learning and learning more about nature and things like that nature-based science um, and then I taught wellness there and in my own body and what I observe in students is, um, you know, we can run and play as much as we want in a gym, and that's great, and it feels really good sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when you walk on an uneven surface, like, um, like a hill, or a, or if you're balancing on a log, or you're running mm -hmm. through the woods and you're ducking and diving yeah. and <laughs> and slipping on the leaves, you know, that's if you want to think about your body, it's like you're working so many more muscles and your brain is yeah. even working harder yeah, yeah, taking absolutely. in all of the sights and sounds and um, yeah so I noticed that after playing outside versus playing inside kids seem they appear more alive they they seem more content mm -hmm. it seems like there there's been some release of tension Mm. Yeah, I definitely think exercising, like running around outside, is a lot more fun than just going on a jog or something. Yeah. yeah. Especially because a gym can be small in like smaller schools, and it's just like kind of a space where kind of kids are that are playing games, which is really fun, you know? But when you add that um, element of outdoors, I totally understand how it would make it feel more real, you know? Yeah. Like, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever been caught in the rain? Some people don't like it. I love it. Like, the, you get all the feels of the rain on your skin, yeah. and it's sort of exciting, and you're like, wait, I'm safe. Everything's going to be fine, but it feels like you're not for a second. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not too cold, I love getting caught in That's the rain. True. I wonder if some of our listeners, maybe we should even put it out a poll, I wonder if some of our listeners also like that, too. Who yeah. knows? But, yeah. So that brings us to our next question. Um, yes. So, <laughs> um, I wish we could talk to you all day. Sadly, we can't. Um, but anyway, what is your favorite animal? It's a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one. I think I like the possum. 
lately I've been enjoying the possum I saw it the other night in the compost bin in my backyard <laughs> and they're so cute like their little face and they always look right at you you know they don't usually run away right away and then you can and they're are they marsupials yes we know I think so I'm not sure and they're nocturnal and um, when they get really stressed, they people call it playing dead, but I think really they like pass out. <laughs> um, yeah, they're pretty cool. Do you have like a favorite insect or bug? Oh. I like seeing butterflies. Um, I like hearing the cicadas. Next question is, what is the most memorable thing, like not necessarily good or bad, that's happened to you while exploring outdoors? Um, I was fox walking at mm. the, in the Arb with a few other people early in the morning one morning. And fox walking is where you try and walk really quietly, not like this person is walking. <laughs> you can hear them from far away, but it's where you walk slowly like a fox would and we were practicing this walking and the idea was to practice the walking but but I saw a coyote Whoa. in the arv and, and yeah I didn't I wasn't looking for wildlife I should have been but yeah yeah it, it was it was so magical I think because it was so early in the morning and I wasn't trying to see a coyote at all and there it just walked right by Wow. And I, I thought about going to follow it. I think if I, maybe, I'm, yeah, I wish I would have. <laughs> Where are you going, coyote? Yeah. What time of year was it? It was fall, about this time of year, and it was early in the morning at like, um, yeah, maybe 7 a.m. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Okay, so going a little bit back to your teaching career, um, what is your philosophy when teaching? Um, I don't know if this, if, if this um, uh, qualifies as a philosophy, but I, I just feel like things should be joyful and fun. Um, and not everything is fun, but uh, if, if kids or grown-ups are interested in what they're doing, it, it tends to be fun, even if you're not like smiling or laughing. So I think after having my own kids especially, I'm realizing that um, teachers, daycare providers, nannies, babysitters, anyone who's caring for and working with children, I think they have the most important job in the world. and. Um, because our children, I guess I'm realizing that, and this sounds obvious, but we're caring for and working with other people's children. Mm -hmm. and, and their children are these precious things. Like, children are so precious, even, even grown children, <laughs> like you are, you're, you know, young people. It's like, these are people's precious, most important thing in the world. Sometimes the reason why they do their work or why they, you know are doing their work mm -hmm. in the world and so I think um, to answer your question about my teaching philosophy I've gone a little bit on a tangent but I guess I'm just um, I'm more aware of that that uh, these these kids 
I see them as a group of people, like as an entity almost, but individually, they're um, incredible. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yes. Um, so, switching on to a different note, how has this pandemic and like recent current events affected your career? Well, um, lots of people are spending more time on devices and so at first I thought that technology won like all this fighting I've been doing against technology <laughs> and screen time it's like it wasn't worth it it just won but really really I think the outdoors is having a moment outdoor learning outdoor education is having a moment because if you look around here where we are right now or anywhere um, more people are out on the bike path more people are having fires in their backyards and um, going yeah. camping and doing yes. things like that it's like nature is people are noticing that there's there's a balance to be mm -hmm. had right mm -hmm. they spend all morning on their screens doing work or school and then they need they realize they need something else yes um, yeah. yeah I definitely I have to do so much, um, I have so much screen time, so I appreciate the outdoors, like, a lot more than I used to. Yeah. yeah. And I can only, like, hang out with friends outside and, like, fam, like, extended family outside, so I'm outside a lot more, and I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, and especially going with this Wisconsin winter, it's really interesting to see how some people are, like, taking up new hobbies, like skiing, ice skating, sledding even, you know? Yeah. It's just... I guess that you're right the outdoors are having a moment it's really interesting to hear you talk about that yeah and so yeah I don't know how it's it's going to affect my career long term I'm, I'm hoping that education sees outdoor learning as more mm -hmm. um, even more valuable than yeah. it has in the past because we know it is but um, but yeah I mean even the owl group that that happens on Wednesday afternoons I don't know if that were to have begun if it weren't for the pandemic and people being on screen oh, yeah. so much and then needing something else right yeah definitely yeah totally okay so this next question is really important and I think everyone's learning how to do this especially during the pandemic as well um do you find it hard to balance work and family yes yes I do um yeah I I feel like I'm constantly, when I'm at home, I'm, I'm trying to multitask. Like, okay, I'm vacuuming and I'm doing a puzzle with my children. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm cooking and I'm listening to the news. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard. And I, I guess the perspective I, I or my self-talk is, um, I won't always have to balance work and family when my kids grow up, right? <laughs> then it'll be, so I, I'm trying to, as challenging as it is, I'm trying to um, be okay with it for yeah. these few years. And maybe parents of older children are thinking, oh, it never ends, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it gets a little less intense at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Has your um, amount of family time changed since the quarantine began? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, my kids don't really leave. <laughs> so, um, which is sort of nice. They they do a little bit, but um, 
Yeah, we're we're home and we play a lot. And my family changed. I I mean, my youngest is a year and a half now. So she was just a she wasn't walking at the beginning. Now she's running and practicing on a little toddler bike. You know, it's like er, everything sort of changing. It's a long. It's been a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, um, what is the best part of your job and what is the hardest part? Yeah, I don't know if there's a hard part. I can't think of one yet. But the best part is that I get to be outside with kids and when I come Mm -hmm. home, I feel happy, I feel light, I feel more balanced, like I'm not just sitting at a computer, I'm not inside, I... I've been outside, you know, sometimes when you're inside all day, you're like striving to get outside. Yeah. yeah. When I come home from um, work after I've been doing outdoor learning, it's like, oh, I'm like a little tired in a good way. I'm a little hungry in a good way. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to hang out at home. It's not like I'm itching to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the best part is feeling more balanced in my body and in my mind. yeah yeah totally um so I just I'm just wondering what does um success mean to you we ask this question to everyone who comes on this show and it's um interesting to hear everyone's answers so yeah yeah okay I knew you were gonna ask that because I've listened to your (laughs) podcast before and I had to I I this among other things we're at the beginning of November here in 2020 so I was awake last night for other reasons beside this because of the elections but this also okay. kept me awake and <laughs> keep you awake I was just like what is success what a great question and what is my belief about that okay so I looked it up the actual <laughs> definition mm-hmm. and it means accomplishing something and it's like well when do I feel the most successful yeah when I accomplish something for sure but mm-hmm. only if it's been accomplished um with balance and mm. with joy. So if, if I've done, if I've gotten through something and it, it's been sort of hard, not um, not hard, but uh, there haven't been good feelings associated with it, mm-hmm. even though it's done, is that success? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think it's accomplishing something with a sense of balance and joy. Yeah. But then also having time to reflect on it and to think about it. Yeah. Maybe that's when you feel the success. So Wesley, what skill, is there any particular skill that you've learned that you like the most? <laughs> well, it's um, being in the outdoors, exploring the outdoors, being taught by another outdoors person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what's, what's been the most useful to me is the, the skill of being able to warm your body from the inside mm-hmm. or, or just learning how to regulate your own temperature. So if it's if you're outside all day and it's five degrees, what do you do, right? Like, mm-hmm. so just knowing that, uh, or ex- being being in that experience and then learning from it, like, okay, we have to play an active game. We have to get our bodies moving. Mm-hmm. Or um, I need a little, I need, I need different boots. I need new gear, right? Yeah. The gear can help mm-hmm. us. And so, yeah, I think learning about how to how to manage when the weather isn't perfect and just mm. how to stay, um, how to be resilient through all, all types of weather, I think has been a useful skill. Yeah. Okay, so to end this interview, 
we want to encourage everyone who's listening to this to get outside. So, um, Wesley, <laughs> yes. what is one of what is an outdoor place around this area that you would recommend exploring? Yeah, um, I there are so many places, and I think wherever you are is where you should explore. For example, if you if it's your backyard or your neighborhood or um, you know if you happen to live by the Arb and you get to go hiking there that's great but somewhere where you are so that you can access it um, it doesn't have to be some special outing right it could just be um, every day maybe you can walk your dog there or you can go for a morning hike and it doesn't have you don't have to drive somewhere um, you don't need any special equipment to get there. Mm-hmm. It's wherever you are. And then the cool thing about that is you get to explore what it looks like there in different seasons and different yeah. times of day. You get to see the sunrise, but maybe also the sunset. Um, yeah. So wherever you are is where is the best place to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is the best piece of wisdom ever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wesley. Yes, it was an amazing interview. Yeah, I can definitely say for both of us that we really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Pippa. Thank you, Brynn. I super enjoyed it. Yay! <laughs> Thanks so much, Wesley, for that awesome interview. Now it's time for the break, but when we get back, we'll learn a little bit about some of the spookiest national parks this country has to offer. This is Pippa back with your weekly announcements. So, um, I just wanted to quickly say before I actually start the real announcements here, um, I just wanted to say, okay, so today is election day right now, and I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe a dog will become president. Maybe aliens will abduct us. Who knows? It's the future. So, anyway, whatever happens with the election, I just wanted to give everyone um, a little beacon of hope tomorrow um when the podcast comes out just wanted to say that it's okay whatever happens it's okay whatever party you're on it's gonna be okay the world will never end that's not gonna happen and we're all we're all together in our hearts we're the same we're all humans i mean unless there's an animal who is voting for something but we're all um the same species and we all have more similarities and differences So just keep that in mind as um, you go through the next couple of days, whatever the future may bring. (laughs) Um, Just a little words of not really wisdom there, but wanted to comfort anyone out there who's feeling like maybe I will feel tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to feel like, but it's just a thought. Anyway, so the next part of my announcement, which is a little bit more scripted, (laughs) is that... um, I just wanted to say it's really exciting. We actually came up with a whole new podcast cover. So, um, like, it's a little, like, icon that says Daybreak. It has a picture of me and Bryn. Me and Bryn! Yay! Because it's always been a picture of me. And it's not... The podcast isn't just me. It's, it's like a, the other half is Bryn. So, it's just... It wasn't fair that she wasn't in the first picture, and um, since she came on into the podcast, I just have really wanted um, us to have a picture together, 
and we finally got one on a beautiful day in Wisconsin, which is really great, especially because the weather has recently been a little cold. Got better today, but still. Um, so that was really happy moment for me to upload that, and I'm hoping you guys like it. If you don't, that's fine. It's just a logo in like cover or whatever um but if you do that's great and i'm happy you do and it may go under a few more changes but that's just part of the designing process and so um without further ado let's just get on with the show because i know you guys are waiting for the creepy news story this week so anyway just wanted to give you a little bit of a raw um recap of what happened this week for the podcast and yeah (laughs) okay back to the show Hello, and welcome back to Daybreak. This week in the news, we found an interesting list. Not the top 10 places to visit when the pandemic finally comes to an end, and not a list of the 100 cutest animals, but that would be awesome. No, we found one of the spookiest Halloween-like three-point lists out there. A list of the three most scary, haunted or just all-around creepy national parks in the entire United States of America. Keep in mind, if you don't live in the U.S., that's totally fine. Maybe you'll visit one of these parks someday. First off on this eerie list is, of course, Death Valley National Park. Aptly named, this park has several other spooky sites, such as Devil's Cornfield, Coffin Peak, and even the Funeral Mountains. This area also has many ghost towns, which is where we start our story. As the legend goes, in 1908, in an Old West mining settlement, a saloon owner named Joe Simpson, in a drunken rage, shot a banker over a $20 debt that he owed to his bank. The town became very angry, so they hanged Simpson and then buried him quite unceremoniously. This story's already pretty gruesome, but wait, it gets worse. They unearthed his body, and then hung him again for the media, and then the town doctor decided to behead him. Seems to me that this town hated this guy for more than just his horrible crime. This sounds like a way too gruesome old western, but the twist of this story it, the twist of this story is that the town vanished with no remains, and the legend says that Simpson's headless ghost still haunts the park today. If that wasn't enough to get you shaking in your shoes, well, this next park will satisfy your appetite for creepy stories. At the New Jersey Pinelands National Reserve, there have been spottings of a very devilish creature. Literally. It's well known that the reserve is home to some impressive flora and fauna, but thousands of park goers reported seeing something with a goat-like face, but with small wings, a thin forked tail, and small cloven hooves. Those who have claimed to see it call it the Jersey Devil. I don't think that I would be excited to see one of these on a hike, but they are a spooky sight, that's for sure. Last but not least, we have a story that comes from the Kennecott Copper Mines in Wangel St. Elias National Park. This Alaskan park is absolutely gorgeous, but it has its fair share of spirits. The mines inside the park are said to be haunted after several projects were stopped in that area of the park due to strange sightings and paranormal activity. 
Some workers even reported tools being stolen right out of their work belts by no one, at least no one they could see. It's said that during the construction of this mining town, lots of residents perished because of the intensive labor of maintaining the town due to its steep terrain and even more due to the mining conditions for many of the workers. After a while, the town ran out of its resources and was abandoned and now stands today as a literal ghost town. Maybe the construction workers should take the warning from the ghosts and stop working near the abandoned town or they may experience a similar fate. Well, there you have it, the three spookiest national parks in the USA. You know, I'm getting quite scared in, in, in this guest bedroom recording with no other sounds. And maybe I should end it here. I, I guess none of these things have proof of, ex proof of existence, but so many people saw them. Oh no, I think I have to go before I scare myself too much. Okay, let's calm down, Pippa. Maybe I'll just leave you with my spooky laugh. Even though Halloween was a few days before this recording, I still want to give it a try. Ready, set, mwahaha. Hi, this is Pippa, one of your co-hosts, and I just wanted to say thank yous to some of the people who make this show possible, including John Schrader, our trusty editor, Brittany Campbell, my co-host, and, of course, Wesley Sinnerman, who was an awesome interview today, and I really enjoyed talking to her with Bryn. <laughs> Thanks, Wesley, for all that you do. Anyway, hope you have a spooky day, and... Hopefully you're not too spooked out from Halloween. <laughs> Have a great month. See you next month. Pippa, signing off. <laughs>